Welcome to AP Bible Church. We're so glad you guys are here. Be sure to go over and check out apbiblechurch.com where you can find out more about our church, about the pastors. You can visit the blog for different resources and teachings. We have family study packets each and every week based off of our Sunday sermons. You can also join in our group page. We have a group there for the church where members can get on and gather together in fellowship and community there through the website. We stream services every Sunday afternoon at 1 p.m. Eastern, bi-weekly Sunday evenings at 8.30 p.m. Eastern, and also on Wednesday evenings as well for our midweek message and prayer gathering. Pastor Brandon has been teaching through the Gospel of Matthew, and we are excited to have you all here so we can dig in a little bit deeper and hear what he has to teach us today. Thank you guys again so much for being here. Of course, we are always available for each and every one of you. If there's ever anything that we can do, please don't hesitate to reach out. Until then, let's dive in. Anything else? I'm just trying to think. I guess there is nothing else. Yeah, I guess there's nothing else until the end. So let's go ahead and uh, open up in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we love you and we thank you. Father, we thank you for this opportunity to be able to gather together on this platform that you've given us, Lord, to be able to reach people no matter where they are, no matter when it is that they're watching, Lord, that we're just able to get together and share in the body, the community of believers. Father, I ask that today you just give your people eyes ears and a heart to receive the message you would have them here father father please give me the words to speak to them please let everything come from you and nothing from me fathers we are dealing with so many things in our little church body here father we know that you are here among us and you see our trials and our tribulations lord our problems Father, we ask that you just strengthen us to be able to endure these things that we must endure. And Lord, we ask that you take from us what you're willing to take. Father, may you be glorified in all we do. We love you in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And we will do um, communion at the end of service um, Hey, Holly. Today. Hi, Eliana. Because, hey, Holly, Eliana. Hey, everybody. It's popping on now. Um, because we are going to be going over uh, what hit me really hard this week and, and obviously just wanting to go uh, at this from a teaching perspective on, on what we're doing here. And it just so happened uh, that it coincided with where we were in, in Matthew, in Matthew 26 here um, at Passover, uh, the Lord's last Passover. That's uh, one thing that you might know um, as the Lord's Supper. I know that's how it's, or the not the Lord's Supper, but the, the Last Supper, because the Lord's Supper is a correct title for it. But the Last Supper, as it's labeled in many, many Bibles, it's labeled in that as mine. That's, that in itself is a incorrect title. And that in itself is a replacement title um, 
you know that uh, I, I always talk about, and I know we've had a couple new people join the church this week. So um, one of my one of my big things that uh, I teach against is replacement theology, and we don't see how bad this gets ingrained. Uh, you know, this, we, we, we just, we don't even pay attention to it. We don't see it. We, and some of us don't understand it and that's fine. Um, but that's why one of these things like I'm, I'm pointing out here, because we, we call, uh, this, the, the last supper, but it really should be called the last Passover and it is the Lord's supper. That's certainly what, uh, it is, but, uh, we we lose a lot of our understanding when we when we rename things like that, and it it kind of skews our whole view. So um, we're gonna go uh, all into that. Um, as I said, I've taught on this before. Uh, we every time we do communion, usually I, I mention um, you know that that it's Passover and uh, that. Uh, it was the, that's what Jesus was celebrating and that's what all of this was. But uh, this week in studying, it just, it just really, really hit me hard that we have removed so much understanding away from scripture that we have lost the importance and the depth of what this is. Now, of course, all of us know that, yes, this is Jesus' blood and the, and the body and all these things, and, and we know it's serious, but we don't really, un, we, we don't, not, it's not really, we don't understand the depth of it. I grew up in a Christian home. I grew up going to church my whole life. Um, you know, I used to, I remember the tray going around and I would take like three pieces of the cracker because they were delicious and, and drank the, the grape juice because it was good. And by that time in church, you were really, really hungry. You wanted, you wanted to go uh, after church to, to have lunch. Um, so that was something that, you know, that we just kind of do and we, and we kind of just have this almost robotic kind of, yeah, yeah, you know, and, and the Catholic church didn't help that at all. Uh, certainly by adding all of these, um, you know, ridiculous practices and, and idolatry to it. But, um, you know, we, we lose exactly what this was. And again, uh, we need to always, always go back and weigh scripture with scripture, right? We, we can, we can all agree with that. We can't just come in here as the adopted child into this family of Israel and just barge in the house and go, Oh yeah, that's cool. All that stuff that you guys do and all that stuff. That's fine. Yeah. We don't do that anymore. We're going to do this now because I'm here. I'm the new child and dad loves me the most. That's not something that we have the liberty to be able to do. Uh, but that's something that the church does. And this is something that traces back to the first century and after the death of the first apostle, which would have, or at the last apostle, 
which would have been John. This would have been somewhere in around 100 AD that he died. We don't really know for sure um, exactly how, exactly where uh, he did. We, we, there's, there's people that believe that after you know his exile in Patmos, he, he got out for a little bit, then got rearrested and then martyred. But we really don't know for sure. But anyway, the uh, after the death of the last apostle we see the church come and creep in with this idea of replacing everything jewish anything israel that was involved with the scriptures and we can see at the time of the writing of the 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 letters that this was a problem this is what Paul was defending. He was defending two sides of it. He was defending the legalistic side, whereas people saying that you have to do these things in order to be saved. And then the other side that says, yeah, these things don't matter completely at all. Forget the Jew. And that's, that's exactly the two sides that he was, he was dealing with. And when you read the book of Romans, when you read Galatians, when you read any of Paul's writings and even the other uh, apostles, but, but mainly Paul that we can see this in, we can see that this is what he was warring against. And Paul guaranteed in the book of Acts, and again, all throughout his, his letters, that these people were going to come into the church. And Paul even says, I know even after I leave, after I depart, um, even this was in, in a physical sense, I mean, this is in a spiritual sense too, even after this departs, this will come in and try to completely take over. It, now, it's not just one side, it's the other side too, because we have seen the rise of, you know, the Hebrew roots movements and all these things. But, uh, I mean, by and large, we have gone completely over to the other side where all of this stuff has been taken over. And, and many people like to go back and say, you know, well, this is, you know, all of that. That's not, well, this person understood and this reformer or this early church father said this and this and this. That's not our authority. Our authority is scripture. So what we want to do is we want to go and look to see what the apostles really said, what the, you know, what, what the practices is. We can, we can go and thank the reformers and the early church fathers uh, it's very, very important information that we have to understand these things, but we don't hold them as, as high as we do scripture. So it doesn't really matter what they understood things as. It matters what scripture says. And some of them were right, but a lot of them are wrong. But this is where we get incorrect by saying, well, you know, this is uh, this, this, that really isn't true because this happened here and this happened in the third century and this, that's ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, all of this was, was well and done. And I mean, this, this way had been given already and much of uh, a pure reading of scripture will lead you to, uh, this conclusion yourself without, um, you know, without any assistance. And that's always what we want to, to, to look for in scripture here, but all of that to say, this literally why you don't know this and, and why we don't do this is because 
Why we don't know that Passover and, and, and the depth of Passover and communion and, and, the, and the Last Supper, as we call it, why they coincide is literally because we said, okay, that was a Jewish thing. And they clearly don't matter anymore because the Lord destroyed the temple in 70 AD. They were dispersed out of the, the nation after that. So clearly the church here now is the new favorite one and has clearly replaced everything to do with them. So let's start doing these new practices. And this is where we have not every single, and I want to make this clear at the beginning and we'll go over it at the end, but not every single time that we take together of communion do we have to celebrate Passover. That's not what I'm saying either, because uh, that was one thing that the Lord gave us. He gave us the opportunity to be able to partake of this anytime that we gather. But anytime that we gather, we still have to understand what exactly this was. And if we don't understand exactly what this was, it removes, honestly, all the depth to this. And hopefully I'm able to show you guys just a little bit of that today. Um, we'll go ahead and start. I'm not going to break it down for you yet. We're just going to go ahead and, and read the story because we all know the Last Supper or the, the Lord's Supper, the last Passover. We all know the story that we're coming to here in Matthew. Last week we left off with the betrayal of Judas. And during this, we're going to kind of go back through this um, a little bit here, and, and we're going to take another look at it and then go, go into the Old Testament here and uh, look at a bunch of stuff there. So let's go ahead and just turn to uh, Matthew 26, and I'm going to go ahead and read verses 17 through 32 to start off. All right, starting in verse 17. Now, on the first day of unleavened bread, the disciples came to Jesus saying, where will you have us prepare for you to eat the Passover? He said, go into the city to a certain man and say to him, the teacher says my time is at hand. I will keep the Passover at your house with my disciples. And the disciples did as Jesus had directed them. And they prepared the Passover. When it was evening, he reclined at table with the twelve. And as they were eating, he said, Truly I say to you, one of you will betray me. As they were very sorrowful, I'm sorry, and they were very sorrowful. And they began to say to him, one after another, Is it I, Lord? And in verse 23, he answered, He who has dipped his hand in the dish with me, will betray me. Verse 24, the Son of Man goes as it is written of him, but woe to that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It would have been better for that man if he had not been born. Judas, who would betray him, answered, Is it I, Rabbi? He said to him, you have said so. Verse 26. Now as they were eating, Jesus took bread and after blessing it, broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, take, 
eat. This is my body. And he took a cup. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. For this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will not drink again of this fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. Amen. All right, so there's, I want us to keep in mind a couple things because we're going to go, go ahead and, and turn now to Exodus or, or keep your spot here if you're on a device, whatever. Keep, go ahead and keep your spot here in Matthew, but we're going to go over to Exodus 12 next here. Uh, but first, there's a couple things here that, that we can obviously see, you know, we talked a lot about Passover and we, so we understand that this was the Passover Seder meal, Seder meal. Okay. This has, this is reflection commemorates the Israelites exodus out of Egypt, their, their miraculous exodus. We, we all know the story of exodus, which we're going to, we're going to go back and read the institution here of Passover. Okay, but there's so many elements here in what Matthew is writing. And remember, Matthew is writing to a Jewish audience here. So they would already know and understand a lot of these things. And the, and the depth to a Jew, this would just be mind-blowing. Because you would see how perfectly... Christ fulfilled Passover and how it will continue. And, and, and this is something that's interesting. We, we, we look for things. We, we just got done with it, right? We look for things to celebrate in this country, these, these things that commemorate things, these, these festivals. Well, this is one that we have. This is directly from the Lord. And this is something that we're supposed to be doing until he returns. That's, that's something. And, and as I said earlier, in 1 Corinthians, Paul makes it clear, and, and, and Jesus makes it clear here too, that we don't just have to do this. See, the Passover was something that was celebrated once a year. See, this isn't something that we just do once a year. This is something that we can do together as often as we meet. But as in Paul's point, as in Corinthians here, it's, it's not understanding what exactly we're doing here with it. So even the, the implications here in the beginning of what, what Judas does and what, and, and what Jesus says and what actually happens, like in verse 23 here, just keep this in mind. He who has dipped his hand in the dish with me will betray me. This in 23 there, he who has dipped his hand in the dish. Okay, so, so keep that in your mind because that, that's a very, very important part of the Passover Seder. Okay, there's about 14 different steps and we have a whole bunch of resources for you this week. We have got a full study for you guys this week. So for those of you who are interested and those of you who do them, I know I know for a fact there's about 10 of you. Um, I don't know where the rest of the 100 and how many ever are, but 
they're well put together sources and you guys can learn and grow a lot through them. And I know those of you who do and, and constantly go through them, um, I, I know you guys are loving them. And believe me, we've got, there's so much depth to this. And I, and like I said, I can't even possibly cover all of the different little ins and outs of this in, in just this one message because there's so much. Um, but there's about 14 or 15, depending on which Jew you want to argue with, steps on the Passover meal. And if you didn't know these steps, you don't understand really what you're reading here. Um, you don't understand this, this whole cup, this whole bread, all, all of these things. You don't, you don't really get it. Uh, but that's, that's, that's the importance to it. So, um, we look in, in verse 26 there and we see Jesus took the bread. This is not just any bread that he took. We'll, we'll come to, to understand these things here in a little bit, but <clears throat> the, the, the cups poured out in, in, or the, the, the cup that he's speaking of and everything too. Uh, the meaning of this, just, just watch. So let's go back here to Exodus chapter 12. And we're going to go to the Passover story, the institution of the Passover. All right, so Exodus chapter 12, and this is, this is also recorded in uh, Deuteronomy, Leviticus. We have plenty of other references to, to go off of here to get other details. You know, it's, it's one thing that the New Testament does all the time that's fascinating because the Old Testament does it as well. Um, you don't get all of your information in one point in scripture. You have to look at all of the different books and completely combine them into one understanding. And it's fascinating how it does that because that's where you get your detail. And that's, it's how the Lord does that. You can, you can see that this is to get you to think, to get you to understand his word. This is how the Lord works. Um, you have to fill in those gaps in scripture. And that's one of the easiest targets for people that don't believe in, in God, that, that want to attack this, that one of the easiest targets is pointing out what they believe to be inconsistencies. These aren't inconsistencies at all. Scripture marries together with scripture perfectly. It answers itself all over. You just have to know where to find it and you have to know where to look and you have to understand these things. That's This is why this is so important to have a shepherd in your life to be able to lead you through this. Somebody in your life, whoever it is, whether it be a, a trusted friend who's doctrinally sound, uh, whether it be a family member, whether it be, you know, even if, if you're homebound and, and you have somebody online, you know, this is why it's so important because we can be led astray by any little one thing that somebody says by just taking one or a few verses or a couple sections out and not looking at it and studying it as a whole. Okay, so the, the details in the other accounts, you will be going over this week in the study packet as well, but we're going to go over chapter 12 here. So 
the institution of the Passover, starting in verse one here. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, this month shall be for you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year for you. Okay, so for Israel, this was their new year. Their new new year was going to mark their exodus out of Egypt. Okay, now I want you to see something here. Verse three, tell all the congregation of Israel that on the 10th day of this month, every man shall take a lamb according to their father's houses, a lamb for a house, or I'm sorry, thing just scrolled I'm sorry guys. A lamb for a household. Verse four. And if the household is too small for a lamb, then he and his nearest neighbor shall take according to the number of persons, according to what each can eat. You shall make your count for the lamb. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male, a year old. You may take it from the sheep or from the goats and you shall keep it until the 14th day of this month when the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill their lambs at twilight. Then they shall take in verse seven, some of the blood and put it on the two doorposts and on the lintel of the houses in which they eat it. In verse eight, they shall eat the flesh that night, roasted on fire with unleavened bread and bitter herbs. They shall eat it. Do not eat any of it. In verse nine, raw or boiled in water, but roasted its head with its legs and its inner parts. And you shall let none of it remain until the morning. Anything that remains until the morning you shall burn. In this manner, you shall eat it with your belt fastened, your sandals on your feet and your staff in your hand, and you shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. Okay, and he explains here in verse 12, why? For I will pass through the land of Egypt that night and I will strike all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast, and on all the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgments. I am the Lord. The blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you and no plague will befall you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. Now listen, this day shall be for you a memorial day and you shall keep it as a feast to the Lord throughout your generations as a statue forever. You shall keep it as a feast. Okay, I'll stop 
right here. So we can see, and we, again, assuming that we all know this story, obviously, of the Exodus, this here, first thing that we don't take into account in the church, this is a solemn celebration. We are talking about things here like firstborn death. Innocent lamb death. Remember all these plagues, all these things were striking Egypt. They weren't supposed to be celebrating that all of this was happening to the Egyptians. This involved death and sacrifice. Blood sacrifice. This was serious. He wanted them to understand what he was doing for them. We know that the whole Passover story has everything to do with Jesus. He fulfilled it and fulfills it perfectly. But that sacrifice, he wanted them to understand that and wanted them to feel it. One of the sources we have this week, and this is something that just hit me like a brick, that I heard a Messianic Jew, he's a professor over there in Israel who teaches, and a believer, and he pointed this out. In verse 3 of Exodus chapter 12, he pointed this out right here. On the 10th day of this month, and I'm not reading the whole verse. I'm in the middle of the verse here. So where he says, tell all the congregation of Israel that on the 10th day of this month, every man shall take a lamb. And so, so a lamb, right? So on the 10th day. Okay, so then let's go scroll down to verse six. Okay, and then verse five, remember, this is a lamb without blemish, spotless, perfect. Right? So that was on the 10th day, right? On the six, verse number six, and you shall keep it until the 14th day of the month. When the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill their lambs at twilight. They were to take the lamb and bring it into their homes for four days. What happens, you have children, what happens when you bring a animal in? Now granted, the houses at that time did have areas for the animals that were separate from the living quarters. Okay, but this is this little baby, cute little lamb you bring into the house. You have children, you have people, 
what are you going to do? You're going to play with it. You're going to name it. You're going it's, to, it's cute. It's a lamb. For four days, you make that connection. Why? Because he wanted you to feel it. You shall keep it until the 14th day of this month. Then the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill their lambs at twilight. That's trauma. That's, that's trauma. That's traumatizing. Imagine that. This sinless spot, I mean, this innocent lamb that's been brought into your home, who you most likely, you know, your, your, your kids or, or there was some sort of, of connection there. We, we like to think of this as so just mindless and they did this stuff with, yeah, yeah, I gotta go get it. Some people did, but that, that's not, that's sick. That's not the point of it. The point of this was to understand this. Now, I know that myself and I know Travis, Pastor Travis has, has taught about some of this as well. Um, but look at going in, in verse seven here. Then, so after this traumatic sacrifice, verse 7, then they shall take some of the blood and put it on the two doorposts and the lintel on the sides of the house in which they eat it. Do two doorposts and lintel. Okay. Do you understand what, guess what? So if you put some on the top of the house, we see that, and we see some on the sides. It's three points to a cross. When the blood runs down from the top of the door, that's a cross. It's, it's, it's amazing. Look at how these little things here were just so intertwined with how perfect that Christ fulfilled these things. Now, do you remember, if you go back to Matthew, you don't have to turn back. I'm just gonna, I'll go ahead and read it for you. Before we go back into the next verse point here in Exodus, let's go Matthew chapter 26, verse 23. He said, try to keep this one in your head. He answered, he who has dipped his hand in the dish with me will betray me. Dipped his hand in the dish. Now I want us to see something else. This time, at this time of the Passover meal, most likely would have been at the point where they were dipping bitter herbs. They, they take and they, they, they have horseradish that they'll take and they'll dip into horseradish and it's, it's hot. It's, it's, ugh. I don't know if any of you like horseradish. I don't know what's wrong with you. Um, but verse eight, Going back to Exodus chapter 12, they shall eat the flesh that night, roasted on fire with unleavened bread and 
bitter herbs. They shall eat it, symbolizing the bitterness of Egyptian captivity. Okay, so when Jesus is dipping this bread at this point in the meal, he, or when he's dipping, he is likely dipping in the bitter herbs and sharing it. That bitter, that captivity, the sacrifice, that the, the pain, the, the, ah, when you, just when you see these things, does your mind just not explain? I mean, mine, mine did. Uh, when I was able to connect just the, the bitter herbs with what Jesus uh, is part of the meal and understanding that the bitter herbs symbolize the pain, the toil, the captivity of Egypt and the, the pain of deliverance from that. It's fascinating. If you go down to Verse 14 here. This day shall be for you a memorial day, and you shall keep it as a feast to the Lord throughout your generations as a statue forever. You shall keep it as a feast. This was something that was never meant to stop. This is something that continues. This is exactly what Christ gave us to continue with. This new covenant that he gives us was meant to continue. And now not only we, we don't just have it once a year, we can access this anytime that we gather. That's mind-blowing. But it's something that we, in the church, we are instructed to do until he comes. And then we look in the Old Testament here and we see that this is a, this is something that is a statue forever. Something that's meant to continue until he comes. We have this, you know, it, there's just so much. <laughs> that's all I can keep, I know I'm, I'm keep repeating myself, but there is. Go back to Matthew 26, and we're gonna we're gonna be back and forth between Exodus and, and Matthew here um, a few more times. So if I'm driving you nuts, forgive me, but it's uh it's it's too important not to. Okay, so verse 24: the Son of Man goes, it is written of him, but woe to the man of whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It would have been better for that man not to be born. So speaking of Judas here, and this whole thing is leading up, and we see Judas is leading up right to, to betray him. So this symbolizes removing the betrayer, right? Removing all that is unpure out of this. <clears throat> Did you say something? No, I just sneezed. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> Mistake, Heidi's sneeze for her saying something. Let's try and sew Okay. This is removing the, the betrayer out of the meal so he can come and institute this new, this new covenant. Okay, and I know we, uh, we, uh, 
went over last week here of, of Judas calling him rabbi and everything. And I saw that a lot of you guys uh, enjoyed the studies this week because you saw how in-depth that even that moment that was with Jesus and Judas there. So that, um, that you know, that that's very, very deep here. But uh, here... Here's another thing that we don't understand that we're going to go back to uh, Exodus 12 here right after we look at verse 26. We're going to go to 26. Now as they were eating, Jesus took bread and after blessing it, broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, take, eat, this is my body. Okay, so take and eat, this is my body. All right, let's go to verse okay, let's go you know what let's just go to verse twelve here. So starting in verse 12, for I will pass through the land of Egypt that night. I will strike all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast. And on all the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgments. I am the Lord. Verse 13, the blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you and no plague will befall you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. This day shall be for you a memorial day, and you shall keep it as a feast to the Lord throughout your generations. As a statue forever, you shall keep it as a feast. Seven days in verse 14, in verse 15, seven days you shall eat unleavened bread. On the first day, you shall remove leaven out of your houses. For if anyone eats what is leavened, from the first day until the seventh day, that person shall be cut off from Israel. Okay. Leaven was a sign of sin. A sign of pride being puffed up. Also, because they were supposed to eat this meal in haste, obviously it would have taken longer for the bread to cook. So unleavened bread obviously quicks, cooks uh, a lot quicker. But I want us to understand something about this unleavened bread here. We have to understand that this, uh, this means symbolically stands for sin. So this is why you completely remove any leaven out of the house. Because anything that gets in would completely taint that sacrifice. Okay, so this, in this leaven, Jesus says, what we just read in Matthew, that this is his body. So he is the sinless bread of life. 
Okay, and it's it's not just any any bread of life. Let's take a look at it. Most of you know what matzos is. Okay, it's the unleavened bread. Okay, and this is exactly what we'll be taking communion here with in just a little bit. But I want you to notice something about this. Notice how there's holes in it. There has to be holes in it in order for you to cook it. It's pierced. See the bruising on it from how the haste and the quickness in which it's cooked? Pierced, bruised. See these? And it cracks super broken. All of these little symbols are so incredibly meaningful. So when Jesus said these things, they would have automatically gone to this. And this just would have, I mean, this is mind blowing. He is the unleavened bread. I mean, this is his, this is his body. This is what he, this is the sacrifice. Along with the, he is the lamb, the, the sinless, spotless lamb. It's amazing. Let me go ahead and finish out the rest of chapter 12 of Exodus here. And then we'll go back to Matthew 26. So let's start in verse 16. Because I think that's where we left off. So 16. On the first day you shall hold a holy assembly, and on the seventh day a holy assembly. No work shall be done on those days, but what everyone needs to eat, that alone may be prepared by you. And you shall observe the feast of unleavened bread, for on this very day I brought your hosts out of the land of Egypt. Therefore you shall observe this day throughout your generations as a statue forever. Verse 18, in the first month from the 14th day of the month at evening, you shall eat unleavened bread until the 21st day of the month at evening. For seven days, no leaven is to be found in, in your houses. If anyone eats what is leavened, that person will be cut off from the congregation of Israel. Whether he is a sojourner or a native of the land, you shall eat nothing leavened in all your dwelling places. You shall eat unleavened bread. Now I want you to see here too, and one thing that I, I forgot to mention is even though this, this Passover celebration was the birth of the Jewish nation here, this is really the birth of the Jews coming out of, of Egypt with a name, with going to the land. This is the, 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 the real birth of the Jews here. But as we'll see, continuing uh, to read in, foreigners were joined in this as well. It wasn't just that, so, so keep that in mind. Verse 21, Then Moses called all the elders of Israel and said to them, Go and select lambs for yourselves according to your clans and kill the Passover lamb. Take a bunch of hyssop and 
dip it in the blood that is in the basin and touch the lintel and the two doorposts with the blood that is in the basin. None of you shall go out of the door of this house until the morning. For the Lord will pass through to strike the Egyptians. And when he sees the blood on the lintel and on the two doorposts, the Lord will pass over the door and will not allow the destroyer to enter your houses to strike you. Pass over. Will not let the destroyer in to strike you. Verse 24, you shall observe this right as a statue for you and your sons forever. And when you come to the land that the Lord will give you, as he promised, you shall keep this service. And when your children say to you, what do you mean by this service? You shall say, it is the sacrifice of the Lord's Passover. So what is it? Verse 27 tells us. You shall say, it is the sacrifice of the Lord's Passover, for he passed over the houses of the people of Israel in Egypt when he struck the Egyptians but spared our houses. And the people bowed their heads and worshipped. Verse 28, then the people of Israel went and did so, as the Lord had commanded Moses and Aaron, so they did. Verse 29, at midnight, the Lord struck down all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, from the firstborn of Pharaoh who sat on his throne to the firstborn of the captive who was in the dungeon and all the firstborn of the livestock. A lot of people don't understand that too. It was not only that, it was the firstborn of the livestock as well. Verse 30, and Pharaoh rose up in the night he and all of his servants and all the Egyptians. And there was a great cry in Egypt, for there was not a house where someone was not dead. Then he summoned Moses and Aaron by night and said, Up, go out from among my people, both you and the people of Israel, and go, serve the Lord as you have said. Take your flocks and your herds, as you have said, and be gone, and bless me also. Verse 33, the Egyptians were urgent with the people to send them out of the land in haste. For they said, we shall all be dead. So the people took their dough before it was leavened, their kneading bowls bound up in their cloaks on their shoulders. And the people of Israel had also done as Moses told them, for they had asked the Egyptians for silver and gold jewelry and for clothing. And the Lord had given the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians, so that they let that they let them have what they asked. Thus they plundered the Egyptians. And the people of Israel journeyed from Ramses to Sukkoth. About 600,000 men on foot besides women and children. A mixed multitude also went up with them and very much livestock, both flocks and herds. And they baked unleavened cakes of the dough that they had brought out of Egypt, for it was not leavened because they were thrust out of Egypt and could not wait, nor had they prepared any provisions for themselves. 
and making unleavened bread obviously is still a huge practice in Israel. It is so fascinating to watch them make it. Y'all should go look up the videos of the women in Israel that, that do that and they, they sell it in the markets every morning. It's so fascinating to watch them do it. They do it so quick. I know that's that's the whole point of it, but it's it's so fast uh, and it looks delicious. But continuing on in verse 40, the time that the people of Israel lived in Egypt was 430 years. At the end of 430 years, on that very day, all the hosts of the Lord went out from the land of Egypt. It was a night of watching by the Lord to bring them out of the land of Egypt. So the same night is a night of watching kept to the Lord by all the people of Israel throughout their generations. Okay, and then verse 43, and the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, this is the statue of the Passover. No foreigner shall eat of it. But every slave that is bought for money may eat of it after you have circumcised him. No foreigner or hired worker may eat of it. It shall be eaten in one house. You shall not take any of the flesh outside the house and you shall not break any of its bones. You see how there that if it's a slave in verse 44 that is bought for money, he may eat of it after he's been circumcised. So we even have here a purchased slave, a Gentile. There's, there's so much here that uh, you can see the inclusion all the way back here in the beginning. It's, it's fascinating. And then in verse 46, remember, we're in the book of Exodus. You shall not break any of its bones. Not one bone of Jesus was broken. Verse 47, all the congregation of Israel shall keep it. If a stranger shall shall sojourn with you and would keep the Passover to the Lord, let all his males be circumcised. Then he may come near and keep it. He shall be as a native of the land, but no uncircumcised person shall eat of it. There shall be one law for the native and for the stranger who sojourns among you. All of the people in verse 50 of Israel did just as the Lord commanded Moses and Aaron. And on that very day, the Lord brought the people of Israel out of the land of Egypt, Egypt by their hosts. In the institution of the Passover there, we can see the circumcised, the uncircumcised, being able to take part in it if they were to get circumcision. So joining themselves to the house of Israel, this grafted in process. And now we know that that circumcision is not a circumcision of flesh. It's a circumcision of the heart. But remember, the circumcision of the heart 
is brought into Israel. So this same uh, that, that applies for us will apply to them as well. and does apply to believing ones and, and will apply to the remnant of, of whichever number, whoever those are that the Lord has chosen in national Israel to keep. Going back here to Matthew 26, I think we should, after reading Exodus and going through all of that, let's go and take a look back here before we uh, partake in communion here. Let's go ahead and go back and take a look again at Matthew 26 with all of this and, and look at it from a, a, a fresh perspective here. We know now that this is what Jesus and the disciples were celebrating. Okay, this wasn't meant to be something that was replaced by something that the, the church did. It's not, you know, Passover here was not meant to be, Easter is not the replacement to Passover. Okay, we don't, we don't have to, to keep the, the, the Passover meal and all these things as the Jews did. But at the same time, it's like, why would you not want to? We think of all sorts of different other things to, to celebrate Jesus with that he didn't even institute. One thing he institutes and we have no interest in studying it or doing it or making a holiday out of it. This is literally a holiday that was given for that purpose. Something that we, and I know that uh, a lot of us do, but uh, know what it is. But I think even growing up, I didn't know the importance of this. I didn't know how deep this goes. I didn't know that this literally tells the whole story. I mean, in, in, in the most, in the, the other most important part of this is the, the, the fact that he's returning and this is something that we do until he returns and this commemorates that time. So this is literally one of the, the only things that we have that he says, hey, do this if you want to remember, I mean, not if you want to remember me, but I mean, uh, in, in our sense, you know, of, of, hey, if we want to do things and celebrate things in remembrance of me, Jesus says, do these things. So like I said, it's not important that we do all the little steps to, to exactly what they did in Passover, but it's very important to understand them because when we eat of this bread and we drink of this cup, <coughs> excuse me, we're doing the Passover Seder. Okay, the, the four cups of Passover. Now we, we, we talk about these cups, these, these, these cups of Passover here. This was the, the feast of first fruits as the fruit of the vine offering, right? So this is where a lot of this idea came from to add fruit of the vine into all this is the, the where the tradition started basically um they, they they the jews have always done this to have the the cup along with their feasts now the four cups of passover they they mean something every single one and that's one thing that you'll have in your your study packet this week that you're going to go deep into is to what exactly what everyone means exactly what they do and so like i said there's a there's a lot of of really interesting um uh 
information in there this week. But the idea from this in the four cups of Passover, which technically now there's five, which is another thing that you'll learn about here shortly um, or later this week. But the, the, the four cups of Passover come from the idea from Exodus 6, verses 6 and 7. I will bring you out. I will deliver. I will redeem you. And I will take you to be my people. So they reflect four, express, four expressions of deliverance promised by God. So that's what these are. So when Jesus was drinking and, and taking the cup, this was be the third cup of Passover. Okay, so which the third cup here is the cup I will redeem. I will redeem you. He is our redeemer. I mean, like I said, I'm I'm having a hard time keeping back a lot of these things um, to just, I mean, I could spend three hours here today uh, off of all of these things here, but hopefully you guys will uh, pick up on a lot of this with, with more study this week too uh, in, in the study packets because it's, it's so worth it. But um, looking back here at... Uh, chapter 26, go ahead and start again in verse 20. When it was evening, he reclined at table with the 12. And as they were eating, he said, I truly, I say to you, one of you will betray me. And they were very sorrowful and began to say to him one after another, is it I, Lord? Verse 23, he answered, he who has dipped his hand in the dish with me will betray me. Bitter herb, horseradish, something. Verse 24, the son of man goes as it is written for him, of him. But woe to that man by whom the son of man is betrayed. It would have been better for that man if he had not been born. Judas, who would betray him, answered, Is it I, Rabbi? He said to him, You have said so. And then in verse 26, Now as they were eating, Jesus took bread, and after blessing it, broke it, and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body. He took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them saying, drink of it, all of you. The redemption cup, right? Verse 28, for this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will not drink again of this fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new with you in my father's kingdom. This is exactly a fulfillment and not a complete fulfillment, but of the Jeremiah 31 promise to Israel of making a new covenant with Israel. Okay, this, this promise was not promised to the church. However, it absolutely is for us. 
But the fulfillment comes from the covenant that was made in Jeremiah. The new covenant. This is something that Israel will have. This is what the whole tribulation period is. God promises then to reinstate them as his covenant people. And we become his covenant people in the same way. We become his people in the same way through the sacrifice of Christ. It's all through Christ. It all leads to him. It's fascinating. Absolutely fascinating. And I know that I didn't get to even half of what I wanted to today in going through this. But I do, that's why I did put together so many resources so we could go over it this week. And again, I hope you guys dive into it, ask questions. Let's get, let, let's interact with it. Okay, but this is where I want to, looking at the depth of what this was. Now here's important to understand to go to 1 Corinthians 11 here and understand what Paul was saying when he's scolding the Corinthian church for doing this in vain and making a mockery out of this corporate worship. And it was, it was, it was ridiculous. But he's explaining to them, hey, when you do this, this is what we do. But what's interesting that, that Paul says here, as I mentioned earlier, that this isn't just something that they did for Passover. This was something that when they came together that they would do. And Jesus, when he gave us this new covenant, this is something that we can do every time that we come together. But when we come together and do this, we have got to understand the depth of what we're doing and the symbolization of it and the meaning of it and everything because, the, you know, we, we like to attach practices and symbols and everything. And, and the fact of the matter is, is none of that stuff is, is stuff that we're really supposed to have. I'm not saying that we don't have some freedom in that. I've, I've made this case before, but we're not really supposed to okay but this was given to us by the lord himself i cannot repeat this enough to do in remembrance of him until he comes so let's read through chapter 1 Corinthians chapter 11, we're going to read verses 23 through 26. See, so Paul says here, for I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the night when he was betrayed took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. 
Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. You proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. We have got to feel this and understand what this is. Every time that we do this, this isn't just eating crackers and drinking grape juice. This goes back to something that the Israelites celebrated as their exodus out of Egypt. And this, of course, foreshadowed our forgiveness of sin and the Lord. And, and, and not, only, not only forgiveness of sin, but you, you all understand I, I, I decided not to get too crazy in it, but you understand that this, the Passover, perfectly foreshadows the rapture of the church, right? Perfectly. Because we are taken out and kept from And the whole exodus here is a reflection. And this is something that we're practicing until he comes. But this is something that was celebrated as a solemn, a, 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 a just a, a sad time. It was a joyous time, but it was bittersweet. That's why we have the bitter herbs to it. It's bitter. In our time here in exile, we, just like Israel, are in exile. We're not at home with the Lord. We're passing through this. We're in the same position now as they were. But the depth of this and the fact that this was a perfect sacrifice given for us by the offer, the author of life. No other religion, no other belief, no other little g God, no other, there, there's nothing like this. <laughs> There is absolutely nothing like this. Only in Christ will you find this. And it is absolutely mind-blowing. Amen. So let's, let's get ready to, to partake in this with learning this. Let's go ahead and, and get ready to partake, everybody.
Heavenly Father, we love you. We thank you. Father, we thank you so much for your sacrifice, your perfect sacrifice. The spotless lamb given for us, Lord. Father, we thank you so much for this opportunity to be able to gather together as believers and to proclaim this, Father. We thank you so much for giving us this opportunity to be able to look to these things in remembrance of you and to look forward to your soon return. Father, I thank you so much for this church and the opportunity to be able to speak to them. We love you in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. So now that uh, we all know the depth of, and, and as you will continue to learn, the depth out of what this means, um, I think we, we as we look and um, again, I'll, I'll hold it up to show you. You see, we have holes in it and we have bruising. His body that was pierced and given for us every single time that we partake of this. We have got, got to remember the seriousness of this. So go ahead and take your bread and break it. Jesus, again, we thank you so much, Lord, for this bread, representing your body given for us. Thank you, Lord. Amen. And Jesus says, take and eat and do this in remembrance of him. Bow your head and pray. Dear Lord, we thank you. Father, we thank you for this cup that we are about to partake in. This cup representing your blood poured out for us as forgiveness of sins. We ask you to bless this cup, Lord. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. And take and drink and do this in remembrance of him.
bow our heads in prayer. Heavenly Father, we love you and we thank you again for today. Father, I thank you so much for the opportunity to be able to speak to your people. Father, I thank you so much for the institution of your supper that you gave us, Lord, to do these things in remembrance of what you did for us and to look forward to your soon return. Father, as we know that you're here among us, Lord, we know that you see and hear our cries. Father, we ask that you just comfort those that are hurting and mourning. Strengthen us to be able to endure this time here in exile that we have, Lord. Lord, take from us what you're willing to take. Father, we just pray for our world right now. Lord, we know with everything that we see, none of this is a surprise to us. This is exactly the way that you warned us that the world would look. Father, as we see these things, they're not, it's not always easy to remember. So we ask for your strength to be able to continue to endure these things. Father, we lift up all of the lost all of the wandering, Father. We ask that you just give us every opportunity possible that we have to be able to reach whoever it is that you have for us to reach, Lord. And all these things, Lord, please return to us soon. We love you in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, guys. Um, you all right from holding your sneezes in? Yeah. Okay. Well, Heather updated. Okay. She said that about one a.m. she felt some good movement. Oh, praise God! Yeah. Oh, praise God! So she she praise said God. it wasn't a very restful night, just being nervous. But she wow. said about one a.m. she felt some some good Praise God for that. That's good news. Um, guys, there's a scripture reading that I would recommend that you guys did for this week. I'll have. I don't know if Heidi put that in there yet, or if you did anything yet. Mm -hmm. Exodus 12, Deuteronomy 16, Leviticus 23, Numbers 9, um, Exodus 6. <laughs> There's everything. Just, just read all of it. Just read all of it, honestly. Um, is there, I know, let me go ahead and open up here. We want to. Make sure and keep, as I said already, DJ and Kelly in our prayer still continue to pray for Heather, even though she updated. This is still a very, yeah, still a very baby. scary time for her. Um, I'm pulling up right now. I'm pulling up my list, Liz, if that's what you want me to I do have a list here that I wanted to mention. Um, 
for those of you wondering, I've been very, very quiet. Why is this doing this? It's making me sign into my Google Docs now. That's not good. Well, you know what? I'm just going to have to go off of memory here because now it won't let me sign in. Um, anyway, for those of you that are uh, were wondering and asking, thank you. My uh, mom is uh, okay-ish, I suppose. Um, I talked to her last night. She doesn't... Um, I have a few concerns. I think she she actually she is at, back at her assisted living home. She did end up uh, getting transferred to the other hospital because of a giant storm that we had come in. I know many of you <laughs> went through that, but um, uh, which we didn't get any of the weather. But she's about thirty minutes up the road, and and they did up the mountain, so it made the roads up there um, not passable. So. She wasn't able to get transferred, but she didn't get worse over that night. So the doctors went ahead and let her go. Um, her brain bleed didn't get any worse. They stitched up her, her head and they let her go home or, or to the, the assisted living facility. But um, yesterday, uh, got another, was it yesterday, honey? Yes. It was yesterday, we got another call and she had fallen again, this time only on her hands and knees and she was okay. And they were able to get to her, but that was two and two days. And it's just, it's terrifying. Uh, I talked to her and yesterday and she's not, she's already forgetting that she had the original fall. Uh, she kind of goes in and out. And to me, she just, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I think the, I think this fall messed her, her up a little bit more than, than we think. So, um, that really stinks. Um, just keep her in your prayers and this whole situation uh, in your prayers. It's just really tough to see because, um, you know, I, I just, there's, there's really just not much that, that we can do uh, at this point. Um, we're going to get her uh, moved to a different place, um, hopefully. And then at this point, honestly, it's just, you know, waiting, I, I guess. It's just watching and waiting at this point. It's very, very painful to see this downward spiral of, of how quick this is going. Um, you know, it just just shows the ugliness of death and disease and, and of, of this world. Um, you know, just, just watching something like that happen. So please keep that in your prayers. Um, keep, uh, as I said, I mean, uh, dealing with the, the loss of a, of a child, um, even one in the womb. That's something that's, that's not easy, but uh, as I encouraged everybody and I, I continue to encourage everybody that uh, I myself am a rainbow baby. So uh, if, if there could be any encouragement in that to anybody, um, my brother was uh, nine months old right before, just almost right at nine months uh, before he was strangled uh, by the umbilical cord of my mom. That was, would have been uh, the last one of the, 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 the kids. So I wouldn't have been here if it wouldn't have been for that. So I was uh, kind of a miracle baby afterwards. My, there's a whole story to it. My mom was supposed to get her tubes tied, but the doctor didn't end up doing it. They weren't going to try it. It's a whole thing. And she ended up leaving my dad 10 months later, um, or escaping 
from my dad. He was, he was abusive, but, um, if anybody is, is, uh, uh, you know, just, just keep that in mind. You never know what God has down the road. So I know I certainly wouldn't have, if it wouldn't have been for that, I wouldn't have been here speaking to you all. So God can use any situation for good, uh, even the most painful of situations. We just don't always see it. Um, so as I said, keep Heather, uh, in your thoughts and prayers. Um, the, just like I said, I, I don't have my, my prayer list that I, I usually list everybody off of here. It's making me sign in. It's not letting me access it right this second. I think it's just my computer's been a little wonky for the past few days, but I mean, it's probably because you have seventy five hundred. That is okay. Up. Well, I actually have two different windows, so I guess I full can be of seventy five hundred tabs <laughs> pulled up. Yes, uh, that's very true. Um, so please forgive me for anything else that I am uh, missing. Church, we are, we are literally praying for all of you consistently. Um, just continue to pray for us as well and if you need anything please let us know uh, and was there any questions or anything before we go i don't think there was i don't think so i think everything was pretty all right guys well i will let everybody get out of here god bless i love you guys and we will see you guys on wednesday see you guys